Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. So nice to have everyone today. It is. If Welcome, everyone. Yes. It's a beautiful day in, in the South and in North Carolina, in Raleigh, to be specific. Yes. 90 degree weather, Josh, sunny. My grass is happy. Is it? Yeah. It's growing. It, yeah, it likes the hot weather. It, it Bermuda? Yeah. You have Bermuda. Yeah, uh-huh. it's nice. Uh, so Except it get, in the It gets winter. nice and snuggly in the, in the heat, yes. Yeah. I don't. I have fescue, Ooh. which which usually dies quickly in the heat. Yeah, it's supposed to be heat tolerant, but it's <laughs> it's it's not very heat tolerant. But enough of this. We digress. The playful banter. The playful banter around our lawns. Yeah. Uh, that's a first for us, Josh. <laughs> so let's talk about our trees. Yeah. No, um, I just bought a peach tree. You did not. I did. That's I'm uh, very excited. Like a fruit bearing yeah. or an ornamental peach? No, fruit bearing. Fruit Come on. bearing. Yeah. Yes, you're going to go out there and, and, and eat a peach. I'm going to start an orchard. Are my you? Point one seven acres. Yes, back in the in, in, in the back forty, yes. the back forty square feet. So yeah. So before we jump into our topic, one of the things we want to talk about is make sure everyone knows about our impending attack upon Las Vegas. In June, where both Bob and I will speaking will be speaking at the Agile West Conference and Agile Better Software De- Development. Yep, the company that puts it on is Software Quality Engineering. Uh, www.sqe.com. Um, the conference is split. It's uh, it has two parts. Part one part is called Agile Development Practices. The other part is called Better Software. It's a pair, so there's like a, actually two big honking tracks with six tracks in each one of them or something. Uh, you're speaking in the Agile track. No, I'm on the Better Software So side. you're on Better Software talking about mobile or something? Yeah, talking about all the automation that we've done around mobile here at Step Leader. We've oh, that's some, cool. We've done some pretty cool stuff because we have hundreds of apps and just dealing with that is a real pain in the tuchus. So we're trying to help people not have that same pain. Okay. And and in the case of your tuchus, that's quite a large pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah, that's so, why we had to fix it. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I'm shocked. I'm almost. I'm, you know, I'm going to get you some some medication, Josh. Uh, and then I'm going to be talking. Uh, I think I'm, I'm doing a couple workshops, a couple half day workshops. I am essential patterns of mature agile teams and essential patterns of mature agile leaders. Um, which which actually dovetails into our topic today a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, and then I have a track talk I believe I signed up for, maybe exploratory testing. Um, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be metacasting. We are. Uh, we're going to, so look for us. Uh, the, if you're coming to the conference, look for us. Uh, participate in the metacast. We're going to carve out a little area for ourselves. We'll be running some live metacasts, so you can come in. You can give us topics. You can... Uh, you could participate if you want to, to some degree. Uh, we want to be roping in some speakers. We have to do that, Josh. We have to get off our butts. We do. Our to- no, I'm sorry. We have to get off our tuchuses yes. and, and, and do that. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Yeah, it, it's our first conference together as a Metacast team. We've been doing this for over four years now. No way. Yes way, sir. Are you sure? I am sure. Seriously? Seriously. That's pretty cool. Four years of this. Four yeah. years of me tolerating you. Yeah. And, and you tolerating me in, in return. That's been the hard part. I know. I without, without like, killing each other. So, this is the second time in this whole Metacast uh, journey where you thought I was crazy, and then we got there, and you're like, you know, maybe that's not a bad idea. First was the Metacast overall. That's true. When I, probably about five years ago, I said, you know what, Bob, we should record this. 
And I was like, record what? <laughs> you, you, you insane person. Uh, then like a year in, I'm like, we should go to a conference and speak together. Yes. And do a live metacast. And I thought you were crazy then. Yeah. But it's harder to sync up. So it, it's, it's really cool. I mean, congratulations to you. This is your first, I think, national conference. Yeah. So I'm excited. So this is a big. It's I've a got big, two more this year coming up. Really? Yeah. This is a big deal. It's a it's a big deal conference, and uh, we're looking to really maximize the cast and record a lot, and then we'll be sort of um, metering that out over time and mm-hmm. and and posting that and letting you guys know. So as as you all know, we, we're open to any and all topical feedback, subject feedback, presence feedback. Get your butt in the chair. Talk to us on the Metacast. Bring a beer if you want to. You know, bring two. There's bring, two of us. There's two of us. Bring some beers, and we I like can, a stout. And we can talk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> bring Josh a stout, and we'll leave. I'm leaving that go. <laughs> so yes, and we can talk about all things agile. Cool. Anything exactly. else? No. Um, so the other one that's lined up for me, there's a conference called That Conference that's in Wisconsin later this year. It's set up as uh, Summer Camp for Geeks. So oh, that's it's a, cool. It's a pretty intriguing conference that I started following probably a year or two ago. Um, and we're having a podcasting faux pas here with Bob and his phone. Gosh. Gosh. I apologize, Metacasters, but it was muffled. So, so <laughs> We, we so, can't take this guy anywhere. <laughs> so Josh can't make too big a deal out of it. Uh, um, so, so Cheesehead. Cheesehead, so yeah. You are it'll natural, be my first you are trip natural, to Wisconsin. Really? Get, yeah. a, get, a, get a... I'm not getting a cheese Get hat. a cheese hat. <laughs> I it, am not. Is it because you don't think you can get one large enough? or? Well, that's problem A. Problem B is I don't really want one. Oh, you would look cool. You would look cool. Well, all right. I'll leave. And where's the second place you're speaking? Um, right now, it looks like potentially the, we're finalizing it. It's the Surge Conference in Washington, D.C. in the fall. Okay. So, but that's not finalized yet. I'm just waiting on the details. I've been going back and forth. It looks Topics like are going to be mobile, yeah. most of them. Yeah. yeah. Mobile at scale, because that's what we do here. Okay. That's that's really nice from a, you know, exposing the company perspective yeah. as well. Yeah, it's good for us. Cool. Doing... So look for Josh on the road. So either with me or on his own. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it would be cool. The Metacasters, we're taking the world by storm. We are. By mobile. We're mobile. By taking it by storm. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> All right, enough of that. I know. Enough Let's get that. on to our topic now. <laughs> yes. And our to- what is our topic, Josh? Uh, I'm terming our topic as coaching up or sideways. I think you worded it a little bit better in our pre-podcast chat. So, so, so we uh, the thought was to anything anything to do with coaching that is not directly related to the team. So. You know what does what does agile coaching look like around an agile team, but not at the agile team. And I would include the around the agile team as being the scrum master and the product owner of that team. So when you're coaching, you know how do you coach the the product owner, scrum master for a team? If you are coaching them, how do you coach the organization? How do you coach direct leadership, indirect leadership, mm-hmm. all of that stuff? Uh, managers, functional managers, people that the team report to. Uh, how do you you know what would be some situational coaching stuff that we would you know advise or how would we attack that just to talk about situations sure cool so what's a do you have a situation in mind um actually one of the best things i ever heard and i only know him on twitter as agile dad i don't know his name oh, officially lee, is it, it's is it lee henson yeah that sounds it's about v, right v lee lee yeah, levy yeah. or v lee henson yeah. um I saw him at Agile Palooza in Atlanta like four years ago, probably. He spoke, and 
probably the best thing I heard because we were going through some trials at my company around Agile and people being uncomfortable with Agile and not having a clear perception of what Agile was all about. And he told a story about when he was hired by the government, specifically one of the armed forces, to come in and get a software project back on track. And the general that was in charge had Ooh. heard... Ooh. Yeah, he had heard that this was an Agile guy. So he called him into his office right when you're the contract started. Me, no, really? Yeah. Oh, this is no. a good story. And he did a really good job telling the story. I'm not going to do it any justice. So if, if you have a chance to see him speak, please do. Um, he got called to the... the the general's office and the general like attacked him like listen i've heard about this agile thing i hear you're an agile guy we're not doing that we're not going to operate like that and he handled it very well And the way that he said is like okay that's fine we're not going to do that but here's what i'd like to do tell me if this will work for you what i'd like to do is every two weeks give you an update let you actually see the project and where we're going and get your feedback on how things are going and if you don't like how that's going we can make adjustments along the way and that's all he sold it as he didn't call it agile he didn't call it scrum he didn't talk about sprints he didn't talk about stand-ups yeah. he just talked about giving that that meta project owner product owner opportunity to see the product early and often and with that he was bought in and at the end of the project he talked about talked about how wonderful the project had been and how happy he was that they hadn't done agile and that by not going agile they had succeeded and agile dad didn't say anything he just kind of smiled and walked away and collected right. his check right so i think that's that's coaching by principle uh, is the way I would call that. The principle would be what? Transparency. Mm -hmm. the, or one principle would be transparency. Another principle there would be what? Stakeholder engagement. Yeah. Another principle there would be uh, iterative, you know, iterations. So slices, chunks, chunking things up. Um, and not getting caught up in what agile terminology. But Yeah, that's where I've seen a lot of companies, even the company that we worked at together, that our VP at one point had to call a meeting. And it's like, listen... Let's pretend we're not calling this agile, right? Let's just do what's right for us as a company. And is it better to have these smaller chunks versus these long marathons where things right. get out of control and we don't know? And just there's a lot of angst around agile where if we go back to having jumped the shark as agile, a lot of people know the term, but they don't really know what it is. So they start to make assumptions. And that education, just the base level education I found goes a long way I mean people use it as a uh, folks use it as a sort of an excuse or something uh, you've heard this it's that's not agile right so a, a supervisor will come down to the team and ask them for something and uh, like documentation I've heard I, I mean I've heard specific instances where a team has used oh it's not agile to write a plan or it's not agile to write a requirement spec or something or a design document it's not agile so we're not going to do it um, that's this case where Agile becomes, you know, that's one of those, you know, cases or examples where the terminology gets, you know, has this blunt edge to it. It's mm -hmm. used as a weapon. It's used as defensiveness or something. It's used inappropriately. Um, and, and I think if you take away some of the terminology, sometimes not only does it help leaders, but it helps the team mm -hmm. just focus on what the tactics or the philosophy rather than that. I think it's also a defense. It's all about self-directed teams. I mean, what would you do from a coaching perspective if you see a manager? So you're in an organization. I want to come to just some situations. And, sure. And I'm, I'm making these up or aligning them with examples that I've seen. But um, 
you see a manager coming to a daily stand-up. You see a manager coming to a peer of yours. That's your coach slash manager in an organization. Mm-hmm. You see a, it's going agile, and it's not you know it's not afraid of saying that scrum. Uh, you notice a peer of yours being heavy-handed, uh, being heavy-handed in daily stand-ups, interrupting the stand-up, for example, and, and calling people out, saying, you know, that's not good enough, or you got to work tonight to get that software done, right. et cetera, because people are giving status and things, uh, or holding the team hostage, or going to planning and actually influencing estimation in, in, in the planning and or in grooming sessions. What would you do? As a, and, and, and you're not a direct coach, but you're an indirect coach. Yeah. If you're a leader there. And, right. And you have chops. So. How would you defend that? So the first thing you have to do is nip it in the bud, right? Try and I say like, it I when like you see you, it, yeah. right? Like that's, like that's step one. And, and, and make sure there's an understanding why. And the answer cannot be that's not agile, right? So you have to get them to understand why. And get them to understand that there's never going to be ownership if you own it and you have this dominating ownership that it's always going to come back to you and you're going to be the bottleneck, right? And try and get get, get people to understand that by enabling the team to become self-directed and that that takes a lot of comfort, right? There's a lot of people that have a, a long-standing history where that's not a comfortable thing for them of letting go and not being in charge and being okay right. with the team running and not coming to them with every problem, them always being the problem solver. That's a big hurdle for a lot of folks to get over. Um, but once they start to see it and start to see the power of the team, then that's where it really takes off. And I'm just a fan of let's try for two weeks, right? The same thing I do with every team where if they don't like something, well, let's give it two weeks. Let's try it for this. So don't interfere with them. It's just pull back a little bit for two weeks and see how they do. Yeah. Okay. And so I'll extract myself out as well. I'm like, okay, so we as managers, we're going to stand over here. Right? Cause I've had a lot of problems where managers just by being there affect the stand up where the folks in the team in a traditional command and control team talk directly to that manager like they're giving that status yeah so i extract them out and we go stand behind a wall or around a corner where we can hear and we with understand what's team, going on i've seen that pattern with, yeah. new, with new teams would you confront them you had said something you know nip it in the bud would you confront them let's say it's a stand-up scenario right would you confront them right there at the stand-up or would you pull them aside privately? i always do it after right you you, you, you praise in public and whatever the opposite is you do it in private right you know, so that's like right after, and that's the key is right after, right then. So the context is there; they understand. You can talk about an example that's fresh in your mind, it's fresh in their mind. Everything's right there. The longer you wait, the less effective it's going to be. I, I buy that. I think I would take it private. Yeah, I might if it continues. I might have a pri- I'm, I'm tossing it around in my head whether I would embarrass. Embarrass is the wrong intent. Yeah. It's the word I'm going to use, but it's not what I mean. I can't find the better word. But would I expose it in front of the team? If let's say you were doing it, you're having this behavior, this interrupt yeah. behavior. You and I have had a conversation. Uh, it doesn't self-correct, and it continues to happen. And I'm just observing it. And we've had maybe what one or two coaching conversations. I might actually bring it up in front of the team. Yeah, uh, but not, not the first not time. In a, yeah. Not in a confrontation. I, I don't think I would say Josh sucks. Josh is being anti-agile or something like that. But I'm, I, I might talk about the behavior that I'm like, Josh, we need to stop. I might even talk about you and, you know, you're you're doing it. But I might talk about, you know, we need to stop this. Yeah. We're interfering with, we as leaders are interfering with the team. And it's really not fostering good self-direction. Uh, and I might throw that out there in front of the team. Would you buy that approach or not? Yeah, I, I've, 
I've done that where we do like a little mini retrospective of that moment or that ceremony or sure, whatever. Like, in the moment. Yeah, like, okay, so let's, that didn't go as well as we would like. Yeah. What What's wrong and get people to talk about it. And like, hopefully people recognize it and see it. People start to think, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. Because after you have that talk, maybe they just forgot or they're so entrenched in the way they've done things that they just need that, that, that little nudge. Well, I'm also true. We're also coaching the team. Right. Because we're also, now we're exposing it to the team that this is a, not a good behavior. Right. And they can self-correct. Or, so we've, we've, you know, we've upped, from my point of view, we've upped the ante a little bit. Yeah. I think I, but I think that's only after you've had a private discussion with that. Absolutely, person. I don't think that would be the first first chance. And I would never throw them individually. I would always talk about the behavior. I would never try to throw them individually under the bus. Yeah. In any way, but I do want to. I mean, I like you the way you entered it. Nip it in the bud because every day that this continues, it's undermining the empowerment of the team. Uh, would you take the same? Does it matter what ceremony we're in? No. It sort of doesn't. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's one of those things that I've done a lot where. A meeting doesn't go as well as, like, it just gets off the rails. We're like, okay, that really sucked. That was more painful than it should have been. Why? And we just do a little retrospective right there. And and the challenge there is not telling them the answer, trying to help them discover the answer. That's always been the most powerful tool that I've had is not just them saying. Them being the person you're coaching? The, the team, uh, whoever's involved. Okay. Yeah, of not saying, okay, that stunk and here's why. Right. Because yeah. then it's like just a parent telling the child, hey, you did this right. wrong. Right? right. You have to tell them seven times before they hear it. Right. Um, but when you help the team discover what went wrong on their own, then that will stick. I would, I would agree with that. One of the things I did in stand-ups when I was scrum, this was years ago at Channel Advisor, uh, I was trying to train. We, we jumped into Scrum. I joined them as a Scrum coach, Scrum master. I was then promoted later on um, to, to a manager. Um, but I would have these soapbox moments, so what I called soapbox moments at the end of uh, stand-ups, where I would try to be talking about one little behavior, one little thing, uh, like, like uh, drag cards. You know, I would jump up and talk about, I would introduce a concept so I was trying to train in very small snippets. Usually it was related to something that was going on in the sprint. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't just pulling it out of thin air. But I found that that was useful. I, I tried to not make it sound preachy. Um, but, it, you know, I would talk. So that was another way of coaching is saying I want everyone to talk. And it, So redefining uh, the role of the manager or the chicken mm-hmm. that's, or the observer. Redefining the role of the team at the stand-up, reminding not remind because we were moving so fast that the basic training was incredibly lightweight. Right? Do you do you like that approach? Or does I, that so sound the, too heavy-handed? What do you think? I've been wrestling with that a lot lately because at the end of our stand-up, it's like I always end up going last. Right? right? It's like I'm this like gate or something, and I don't like I don't want it to be that. And there's and and I try and talk about things that I believe that matter. You know, about customers we're talking to or potential customers we're talking to or any new product direction or roadmap, things like that. I try and get that in front of the team as early as possible, get their brains starting to think about it because I know it's important to get them thinking about it because they're going to come up with a better solution than I can. Um, but there's times where, where I feel like that manager that's injecting themselves into the stand-up when they shouldn't be. And I've talked to some folks on my team about it. You know, I've been really open, like, hey, you know, does this add value or is it just, you know, silly for me to get up there and say things? Because, like, now it's to the point where 
I feel like if I don't say anything, I'm not helping the team. What's the feedback from the team? Um, it's been about 50-50. You know, okay. be, and I think that's because there's times where I force it and times when I don't. Like, I think what I need to do is like, okay, I got nothing, guys. When, nice it's, when it's natural, yeah. I bet I bet it's appreciated. Yeah. Because it's spontaneous. And that's what the thing with me, even though it's on plan, it was spontaneous. It was situationally spontaneous. Yeah. Right versus if you feel like you have to talk for five minutes every stand up. Right, and I don't want to do that. Right, yeah. and, and and a while back when we had a much bigger team, I I I stood in another cube because we had a lot of people talking to me, um, and I just listened. And then once it was over, it was over. Um, but we've but we've shrunk a little bit. And I've injected myself because I started to pick up some other work just because we had to. You yeah. Know? So um, that's something I've been wrestling with a little bit about trying to add value but not injecting myself as a part of the hierarchy or anything like that like I have a nervous tension about that where I'm very aware of that and don't want that to happen I think I think if you phrase it like you're a coach so we have multiple hats mm-hmm. so if you come into it I used to come into it literally uh, that I'm if I'm a coach then part of coaching could be training I mean, it would be like someone training you in football, mm-hmm. and you block inappropriately. Uh, I, I would imagine coaches on the field would stop you right there and run you through. Yeah. Even though, even though you've been taught this a billion times in your career, right? From from peewees or whatever it is up, they would run through the basics again with you right at the point of attack, which to me would be training, right? Or mentoring, or whatever you want to call, but training. Uh, and I hope you don't react because it's situationally relevant. I hope you don't say, well, I knew that. <laughs> because, yeah. Right? That you don't just, or you're, you know, you're just blowing smoke. Right. Now, if it was situationally not relevant, let's say you blocked appropriately 50 times and they're just shoving training up your nose. Yeah, right. So that's what I, I view our role as that. As long as the team knows where you're coming from, like it's not a manager. So if my manager is doing that, what are they saying? That I'm incompetent? Mm-hmm. But if it's my coach saying that, well, then they're, they're trying to just get me better. They're right. just trying to give me that feedback. Right. And I think the, the situational thing that you just said is so important and that's why talking about it right after because there's been times where I was busy and I was in a hurry and I didn't stop and talk to somebody right after a stand up so then I never got a chance to talk to them whatever it fell out of my brain and then the next one on one came by a couple weeks later and we talked about it and it wasn't fresh in our brains and it didn't have the impact not at all and I felt like I felt like I was making something up that yep. wasn't really real, but it was. I felt it at that moment, but I was, I didn't coach appropriately and got sidetracked, and I had something else on my mind and didn't do it right then and there, and that made a difference. And I reduced the team's ability to deliver because I didn't stop everything I was doing because that's what was most important right. to the team was to do that coaching. Well, maybe not again, but to your point, two weeks later, I mean, even you, even you felt weird about it because yeah. it's it's lost its context it's lost its scope you yeah. even, you even lost the mo you know sort of what was the severity of it yeah yeah i mean we forget sometimes what we contribute if you ask that's why people say enter your time cards every you know at the <laughs> end of the day or whatever if you if you enter your time card at the end of the week and and try to capture your work do you know how accurate it's very inaccurate because you have this perception of what well, what did i do mm-hmm. and uh, it's often not the reality of things right. so it's that same it's that same view um, one thing is I've found someone, I don't know where I got this, but I think it's true is ask, can I give you, so instead of giving feedback is ask, can I give you feedback? Right. Uh, 
can I coach you? Can I give you an alternative position? And if the team, and this would be an individual, so if I'm coaching you as a leader here, I, I, I almost always ask permission. And if you said no, then I'm, I'm going to take your no. Uh, now I'm going to be disappointed with your no. Right. But I'm going to take your no. It's like, oh, okay, you're you're good, uh, <laughs> I guess. And then we'll see. And I might ask you again and again. But I think I found that helps. I'll I'll do that at stand-ups with team. You know, can I can I share something if I'm a, if I'm in that chicken mode or something? And like, I think that's key is sharing something and sharing a past experience that you had that relates to what's happening as opposed to here's what you did wrong. Yep. There are people that you can do that with, right? That you have a history built up with them and you've had all of this. I can do that with you. Yeah, right. You, At, right. Absolutely. You can say, okay. And you flip me off. So, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Both hands. Exactly. Yeah. I've noticed that. <laughs> the double bird coming <laughs> at you. Uh, no, so, the, so there are people like that, but specifically when it's a peer or upstream, sharing an example that they can connect to and helping them discover that right answer is the, the key. The why, right? The why are you giving the feedback? Uh, you said it earlier, the impact. You didn't say it directly this way, but what, what is it doing? Like, why why am I, do I want to give you the feedback? The why behind the observation, uh, the why behind the impact, mm-hmm. you know, what's it doing to the team? Uh, all of that stuff. So it's not personal. Right. Right. It's not, and, and to your the situation is, is crucial. What about to your boss? Do you coach? Let's talk about coaching directly up. It, it, you know, the, the, uh, I'll make up a situation. Ah, here's one. Uh, you, you're working for a company. Uh, I've got one for you. Real life. Okay. Real life. Um, when well, I started here at Step Leader, we were bringing Agile in out of nowhere. Yep. Um, and... I couldn't get many members of the leadership team, all the CXOs, to come to our sprint reviews. Ooh, yeah, like yeah. So that was that was one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, what do I do? How do I how do I get the team to know how important it is yep. when I can't get the CEO to come in and be at the to be at the sprint review? Yep. So what did you do? I I'm asking you, what would you do? I've actually had the same position. Okay. When I went to eye contact, uh, now Scrum was there. We, we had some attendance, but the C-level folks were in general missing. And they were in generally missing because they were too busy. Yeah. Um, but but they, it was a young company, so it wasn't that they were disengaged, though. Their, their hearts were in the right place, but they just busied themselves out of it. Uh, I attacked it in a couple ways. We had a weekly status meeting with everyone. Mm-hmm. Not everyone, but the leadership team. And including C-level folks. And I started bringing that up there. It's like if you would come, you know, I, I, I started amplifying the importance conversationally when I was talking about status and mm-hmm. state and problems. And, and good, so good things and bad things that were happening with the right. team. I amplified the sprint review as a place to find that state and how important it was. So conversationally, I was reminding everyone in that forum how important it was. Uh, after there was bad attendance, I would bring it up in that meeting. Like if there was very low attendance, I, I talked about the impact it had to the team as right. well. Uh, and and I, what I found is they cared a lot about the team. Mm-hmm. So I found a hook, mm-hmm. and I leveraged that hook to death. Yeah. Uh, the CEO, actually, uh, then I sort of privately talked to him, amplified it, and I said how important it was. And he sent out a note so he amplified it to ever to his staff, mm-hmm. and once that happened, 
the problem basically went away. Right. Now, in parallel with that, I did some leadership team training. And instead of just talking about the, uh, the sprint review in a, in a vacuum, uh-huh. I talked about like the scrum process and these injection points for leadership. So I think sometimes generic training can help as well. If you have the moment, you know, maybe they just don't know. Right. They know, but they don't know how important that is relative to the process. Uh, the other thing is they may not know what part they play. And finally, we videotaped it. So on, wow. on the cases where, you know, it's not always valid. I mean, sometimes someone's on the road right. and, and for really good business. And so, but we insisted that they watch the tape. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so it was, there was no, we removed every, any excuse from what, not getting their feedback. Right. Did, does that help? What, what do you think? Yeah, no, that, that lines up with the approach I took. I mean, I just like walked in the office like, Hey, well, this is listen, small. Yeah, this yeah. is a small yeah. group. I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, yeah. you know, depending on the size we had with the you know, 400 people, we, you know, it was, and, you know, yeah. we had it 25. Was, it was right. 25. Yeah. So like, it's I like, get in. your butt in the, come yeah. on, we need you. We need you to be in yeah. here. That, that's about the tact I used. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it made a difference. Right. And I explained like you did about the difference it makes to the team to understand that you're engaged and the product they're building that you're out there selling, how that connection is very important. I think it's. I think a lot of it is folks underestimate, and, and maybe they're clueless and they're using it as an excuse. But a lot of leaders, they don't realize how important their engagement is to people. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the general hooks that you and I both, I think, leverage. Now, you know, you can have that conversation. You can have it fun. You can say, "Get your butt in the chair." Right. You can you can do it in status meetings, but it's connect it's connect the dots for them to say, you know, probably one of your top five activities is to get. You need to interact with the team. The team needs you. And if mm-hmm. you don't show up and you don't show interest, it has an incredibly negative impact on what we're trying to do. Uh, that gets people's attention. Mm-hmm. If they're a reasonable leader, I think they get that it changes their behavior. If they're incompetent, clear, so, so clearly if they're incompetent or they don't care uh, or they're on their way out to another job or something, then even that's not going to motivate them. But right. it, I think if they're a reasonable senior leader, that actually really energizes them. I, I found that I never had to go back to that well again. Right. They, it, they almost became self, not almost, they became self-policing. Right. Because they're, they're in the game together. Yeah, and that's the behavior I've seen is that once, it, it's like you said, you get them hooked. Right, yeah. like you had them hooked with the message, but yeah. they were hooked with the experience exactly. of seeing the connection, of seeing things in progress, and getting the feedback, and hearing the feedback, hearing the challenges, hearing the good stuff, all that stuff. It really helped them. So they were like, I never had to say anything again. I think courage. We we can talk about it. I, I know here with twenty five people or four hundred people in our in our examples, maybe it's different. But I find a lot of folks now we're talking about directly coaching, sort of managing up. To senior folks, and this could be this could be all the way up to the CEO or C level folks. Mm-hmm. I, I think folks get afraid of that. They're afraid of having honest conversations with those folks. So courage, uh, I would say, as a coach, is an, is an indicator. You have to be defending your team. Mm-hmm. That scrum master view of you're a sheepdog protecting your team. So you could be protecting at eye contact. I was protecting n number of teams. Mm-hmm. I looked at my role. You know, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a generic. You know, we have leadership disengagement with sprint reviews. Uh, my job is to protect my team. 
or the goodness of agile and the goodness of delivery. It's going to affect our quality, our delivery, our morale. Uh, so I have to say something. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of folks talk themselves out of saying something. In in my experience, it's it's probably out of you know, folks folks are frightened by doing that. Maybe out of a population, only 10 to 20% of the people will actually do, have those conversations, in my view. What right. do you think? Yeah, and I've been trying to think of ways to help offset that concern and that fear. And the things that kept coming, that kept coming into my mind is, hey, hey, they're people just like you and me, right? You know, they don't, you know, they put their pants on the same way just because they have a different title or different responsibilities doesn't mean... They don't appreciate feedback just like you do. I mean, I'll pick on Ralph Ralph Kasuba. One of the things, and I think in LinkedIn, I there was. I, I wish I could go back. I might be able to go back and find this. There was a guy that that was talking about one of the things he appreciated as a supervisor is there was a handful of people who reported to him who would actually give him candid feedback. Uh -huh. And in his career, he valued that candid feedback. And it, it, it was brutally honest, candid feedback. It yep. was it was peer-to-peer -peer feedback in a situation where, you, you know, you're the CEO and I'm like three levels below you. But, mm -hmm. he, but that person had whatever motivating them to give that peer-to-peer -peer feedback. And the person appreciated it incredibly. And they, and they appreciated it because it was so rare. Uh, and I and I talked I talked about the relationship I had with Ralph Kasuba at Channel Advisor and at Eye Contact, and I think Ralph appreciated. I would give him, I would give him that feedback. It was my job to give him that feedback, but it was incredibly rare, and it was risky. Yeah. Right. Because well, and 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 I think the rarity is the problem because as you're learning, as you're growing, you get feedback all the time, and that helps you grow and evolve quickly and correctly. Whereas um, the less often you get feedback, it's like you're the one giving yourself the own feedback, and that might be the wrong. And you're feedback. driving. You're driving alone. You're right. driving. It's like maybe what flying a plane without instruments. Yeah. And but we but the folks who report to you don't see it that way. Right. But you see it that way, and that's the value proposition. You nailed it. That's mm -hmm. the value proposition. So, you know, one, you know, you could look at it as one, they're people like us, and they are. Two. You know they have to be motivated from an organizational perspective, as are as are we. So we're right. all at the end of the day, we are hopefully our goals are aligned. Uh, but three, I think I think the good ones, the bad ones can the bad ones can take it personally yeah. and can be defensive, and so there is a risk. But that's true of any employee. But that's true. I would agree with that. Yeah. But I think taking a walk in the wild side and just giving that feedback. Uh, or giving that coaching feedback in this case is telling truth. You mm -hmm. said, didn't you say that? Or tell the freaking truth, uh, or as close to getting as close, you know, putting your filters down, and and telling as much of the truth. Now, this isn't a license for you to tell me the truth. I still want. You I was to just going to. Were you? Yeah. Don't touch my hair. Don't touch my age. <laughs> don't touch my health. Oh, the age. I'm, I'm including. I'm excluding all kinds oh, of things. The age. So you can tell me truth about my T-shirt. That's about okay. it. Okay. All right. What what else? That's a very uh, nice twenty year old T shirt. So we this sort of <laughs> wrap up, and I'm not trying to wrap up, but the, uh, to try to have a synopsis. Yeah. We were talking about courage. We were talking about having the conversations in a timely uh, manner. In a timely manner, there's this situationalness to it that we were saying. Uh, what else? What other you know sort of advice were we giving in the in this case of coaching around? 
um, we talked about helping the team discover the solution. Don't just hand it. So discovery, to them. yeah, discovery. Uh, and that's tra- hard. Training, getting back to basics. I find that basic, like you know, why do a stand up? What's the thing behind that? Right. And training can somehow help that. Um, maybe wrap up with it's your job. Um, so let's. I'll give a hypo. And these aren't all hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. These are observations. But let's say. You know, you're working with. You have five peers. You have mm-hmm. five peer managers, and you're and you're going agile, and you have more agile chops than all of your peers, and mm-hmm. they're making all of these mistakes with teams, um, and you're getting tired of talking to them, and they seem to be dead woods and and concrete skulls, and they're just not getting it. Uh, what do you do? So how you know how do you persevere? How how relentless are you? Uh, is it your job? To, if you're in an organization like that, to coach relentlessly, and I'd say yes. Yeah, I I would be unable to stand by and watch a team struggle because someone's not behaving. Whatever not behaving means, right? They're right. they're they're not being as helpful or supportive or whatever the bad behavior is. Um, I I would be unable to stand by and watch that and just say, hmm, not my problem. You That's know? what I'm saying. I, I think Metacaster is an important thing. Is I mean, an important lesson from my. It is our jobs. It's our jobs to. It's all of our jobs to get better. It's to the degree that we have courage and, you know, or whatever we have. You know, you know this the skin we have in the game of the company, but complacency or not doing it or it's not my job. That thought, it's not my job. I'll move. Or my team is doing fine. Yeah. And that team is sucking wind. Mm-hmm. And it's not my. That's that's unacceptable behavior from my point of view. It's like you need to leave the company. If you were, if you're sort of siloizing things like that, and that, that. goes for all levels, right? That's yeah. that's a mindset I try and push yeah. into every team. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get in. The, we have to challenge each other. What is that biblical thing? Is iron sharp sharpeneth iron? They talk about we sharpen one another. Mm-hmm. We have to keep each other sharp. Uh, Covey talked about sharpening the saw as an activity. We have to. It's not that we're, you know, it's not that we get perfect, but we're constantly getting better, and we have to constantly be coaching. We have to have a high bar, from my point of view, not a perfect bar, but a high bar. Mm-hmm. So, so relentlessly, not let it, not letting it, not ignoring it. And I find so many folks ignore stuff. It's easy. Yeah, because it's easy, right? Because it's easy. The, mm-hmm. the, the stuff we're talking about is actually the hard work. Mm-hmm. Like a peer. I've, I've seen you coach peers. Mm-hmm. And I've seen you relentlessly do it. And I could see it in your eyes. And it's like, holy crap, do I got to do this again? <laughs> yeah. And again and again and again. But at the same time, you don't, to your credit, you don't throw in the towel. And, and you're driven from, you know, some core essence of what's good for the team. Mm-hmm. It's still a problem. We still need to get better around here, et cetera. Cool. Did we cover this topic? I think so. All right, Metacasters. I think we nailed it. I, I hope so. I, I think it's an important it's an important topic. I mean, there's a classic part of this of how do coaches, I'm a certified scrum coach, um, you know, we, we maybe in the future down the road we could talk about you know, I could bring in some lessons or even some ways of coaching leadership, uh, and and the, so that would be the upward view, just sort of the upward view, and some techniques that I've seen work at that level. But I don't want to bog things down now today. Uh, so, how do we wrap up this sucker, Josh? How do we wrap it up? Well, we normally wrap it up by talking about how they get in contact with us. Bob, how do they do that? They email via 
smokescreen.com. <laughs> Josh, throw me a bone. Come on. Twitter. What's our Twitter Our Twitter handle? I don't know. Meta hyphen cast. All spelled out. There we go. All right. Is that uh, like a hashtag thing or? No. No, it's you're not. just you expose me, and you know you expose me, and and it's not fair to do that. It is not. I would fair. think after like twenty eight years, fifty plus episodes of me saying that the I would same have a clue. The end. <laughs> this is that relentless coaching of your peer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you have to put it out in front of the team uh, you know, uh, and embarrass them to death. <laughs> so now I've been embarrassed in front of the entire Medicare as well. Yeah. Okay, so throw me a bone. How do they reach us, Josh? Uh, on Twitter, meta hyphen cast, all spelled out. On our website, metacast with a hyphen between the A and the C. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook. We are everywhere. We love your feedback. We want your feedback. Bring it on because we want to get better. We want to help you as much as we can. So stay agile, our friends. And from beautiful downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>